Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me are two aldermen, Jason Irvin, chairman of the Black Caucus, you are the former city manager of Maywood. Yes. And you also represent now Garfield Park, Austin, North Lawndale, Pilsen. And Alderman Ray Lopez, who is a former skycap for Southwest Airlines. What a yes. jump up that you had. <laughs> and if there were a doghouse that Mayor Lightfoot had, you'd be in it, I think. I because, probably right. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been quite a week. Yes. First of all, we had this, the mayor's Burke beat down, where she humiliated him on the floor of the city council. The following day, we have this, the superseding indictment of Ed Burke, charging an array of things with a racketeering statute normally used for mobsters. What do you make of the charges against Ed Burke, Jason? Well, I'm, um, you know, we're saddened by to to hear that, uh, and also the case that it. It's saying that the city of Chicago was a is a corrupt organization. Um, that is a, a wild uh, thing, and to say that our whole entire city is corrupt, I think, is is a bit uh, far-reaching based on the actions of a few individuals. Um, I would hope that um, you know, as it goes through, that we find that these are just isolated incidences and not something that was you know that is ingrained. I would say. Uh, in the departmental culture and that there are other actors that facilitated this type of uh, of action if it if it proves to be true. Well, wait a minute. How can you say it's isolated when we had four separate schemes? We had the post office. We had the Burger King alleged shakedown. We had the Charles Quee, the Lake Forest developer that allegedly was shaken down for legal business for Ed Burke. And then we had the business with the Field Museum where he wanted to get a job for Terry Gabinski's daughter. I mean, what do you think? Is, is the city of Chicago, for some people, some very powerful people like Ed Burke, who's the former finance chairman, the most powerful alderman Chicago probably has ever had, is it a criminal enterprise where people were quaking in their boots every time he called and they did what he told them to do? Well, I think there's definitely a perception out there uh, locally and nationally that we are a corrupt enterprise. Obviously, the federal government felt comfortable enough to put that in its complaint. Um, but I think our goal has to be, what do we need to do to get at the heart of breaking that perception once and for all? And I know that Mayor Lightfoot thought that her executive order was going to be a great jumping point. I obviously have disagreed loudly on that point. Um, the part where we always seem to get tripped up is this confusion between prerogative and the outside employment of aldermen. And that is something where I feel that the true nexus for where a lot of this corruption ends is the outside employment by aldermen. I believe there's about a dozen aldermen who have outside employment. You know, our focus for what we get paid and what we're elected to do should be on representing our people. And if that is our sole job, 
then people will believe that that is all we're focused on and that the perception is all we care about is for the good of our community. And until we address that, that perception of you know, constant corruption, no matter who we're talking about, whether it's a 50-year incumbent or someone who's just fresh onto the council, will never change. So you're saying that if the, the aldermen who are lawyers are, are made to give up their practices or consultants or whatever finders fees they get, that that will cure this? Do you agree? Well, I think that what uh, the points that have been made about uh, Alderman Burke were specifically around the issue of outside employment um, and, and attempting to use that as a caveat for it. Um, I do think that if you remove that portion of it, it takes that angle off of the table. Um, and it seems like everything pretty much revolved around that issue and revolved around one individual. But to, to say that the whole damn city is, is corrupt, right. I, I don't think is a fair, uh, fair statement because it's all centered around one individual's whose actions uh, allegedly are designed to enrich him or herself. So I, I, to say that everybody, to say the whole enterprise is that, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big jump. But you um, would go along with a ban on outside income. You know what, I, I think that people need to look at their professional responsibilities and their uh, loyalty and their oath that they took to the represent the citizens of their wards and of the interests of the city of Chicago. And if you are, if those things are in conflict, then you need to make a decision if you're going to stay an alderman or be a deal with your outside employment. Now, to say that, for example, if your outside, as, as was mentioned before, Alderman Lopez was previously a sky cap before becoming an alderman. How does being a sky cap and being an alderman intersect? The challenge comes in when your your business interests are intersecting with the fiduciary responsibilities that you have to to protect the citizens. When those issues come up, I think you do need to say we need to stop that. But if you are, you know, dog catcher or whatever, or you're doing something that has no conflict with the city, I don't think you should have to give that up. What about Tom Tunney at Ann Sather's restaurants? Doesn't he bring a businessman's perspective that's a good thing to have? Right, but to say, to say he has to give up his restaurants in order to be alderman, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. He was, I so mean, under state law, he yeah. had to give up his liquor license, but for him to have to give up his restaurant enterprise to solely focus on being an alderman, uh, the statute doesn't require that. And again, we are, the challenge is that we are a legislative body that has morphed into a quasi-legislative uh, and executive body. And so we, while the code says that we're part-time, and if you really looked at committee work and legislative work on its own, it is. But the other stuff that we that we are services, not necessarily charged yeah. with doing, but that we do, do create a, an atmosphere of a full-time job. So if, if, to the extent that it does not conflict with what you're doing as your official city duty, I, I would, those are things you can do. But if it does conflict, then that, those are points that we need to address and make sure they don't do that. So Mayor Lightfoot is demanding twice now that Burke resign. Does anyone expect him to do that? I don't imagine he will. I believe in his mind he probably feels he's done nothing wrong. He's probably feeling that he followed the letter to the law. Um, we may disagree on that, but I think in, for him, you know, he had the chance to leave office when he was first investigated and decided to still seek re-election. Um, he was emboldened to stay when his voters, despite having two opponents, chose and to... And an attempted extortion charge. And an attempted extortion charge still kept him. So I don't envision him leaving anytime soon. 
Jason? I would agree with that. I mean, if he decides to uh, step down, that would be a personal decision, but he has been recently reelected, uh, given all, a lot of facts were on the table, not to the extent that we have today, but there were facts and issues on the table at the time that did occur. So is she wrong to keep demanding it or trying to play this for all it's worth? I don't think she's wrong for demanding it. Um, again, that's a personal decision that he has to make. And I think from where she, where she sits, I think she's acting in what she believes to be the best interest of the city. And, and that's, that's her opinion on that matter. But you got Danny Solis, who was wired up for two years, recorded all kinds of things about what Ed Burke allegedly said. Some of the quotes are priceless, where he said at one point that the developers of the post office can go quote, F themselves because they hadn't hired his law firm. He asked, did we land the big tuna yet? Uh, referring to the big whale, which was the post office developers. Uh, he said he wasn't motivated to help them and uh, good luck getting on my agenda. What does that say about an alderman when, when, you, when those kinds of quotes come out of someone's mouth? It's almost like you were saying, Arenda Troutman saying all aldermen are hoes. Yeah, those those types of uh, allegations are those are not that do not spread a good light on on us as aldermen. Uh, we should not be intersecting uh, personal business with the city's business. Now, if one said that, hey, the we're not going to move this matter forward because it doesn't have the right mix of MBEWBE, but not because you haven't hired me to uh, do business for you. I mean, there there have been situations where. We say, hey, we want to make sure this is right by the nature of the community, but not necessarily to the extent that it's a personal enrichment or personal benefit to anyone. When you read those quotes, what did you think? I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, you know, and I know Ed, but, and I know, as I do all my colleagues, Danny as well, and every time you read comments and quotes like that, it just makes you cringe because we were all elected to be aldermen to represent our people, and any time, any member, whether it's Burke, Solis, Cochran, Moreno, and the list goes on backwards from there. Anytime you see the actions of our colleagues put us in a negative light, it diminishes our roles in the way that we're trying to do things in a manner that is respectful and encompassing the will of our community because it just fuels that perception once again that that's how they all are. Now we know how they all talk when no one's looking. You know, that's what I got to do to get business done in any ward in the city of Chicago. And it's unfortunate that if these quotes are true and you know the tapes are correct, um, it's going to be a hit and a stain on the city of Chicago, absolutely. And we saw the reaction that Mayor Lightfoot got when she turned around to the audience at the Wintrust Arena and made you guys get up off your feet and join the audience in applauding for reform. I mean, that was insulting to you because it made you all look like crooks, but on the other hand, look at this. Doesn't this all embolden I mean, reform is, reform is something that is constant. I mean, we, I think it's something that we continuously need to look at. We need to make sure that uh, we provide the best government possible for our citizens. So reform is something that I think that we all should be actively engaged in and trying to make processes okay, and how? things better. How? She wants to, she's already taken away uh, aldermanic prerogative over licensing and permitting through executive order, although it may not stop some of you guys from calling the department heads when you have an issue. Well, see, here's the thing. If anything that you would want to say about a specific issue, um, my position is that if, if, if you're able to put it on the table and say, hey, we have concerns about business ABC because of X, Y, and Z. These are all legitimate concerns that I feel that as aldermen, 
we should be making as it relates to businesses, permits, anything. The challenge comes in is when you're trying to um, hold somebody hostage over something that is not objective or, or some other standard that exists that you're not willing to put on the table. And to the extent that I have no issue in putting in writing why I have an objection to something. Now, if you have an issue in putting in writing that your mother could look at and you wouldn't be embarrassed about, then let's put those issues on the table. And I think that's where it's just more transparency that is needed so that, yes, I said that I, I'm, I'm concerned about this business because of the incidents that have occurred at this location. And you're not going to stop doing what you're doing. Oh, no, no. I, I think we, if, if I did that, I, I would be wrong because I, at that point, I'm saying that I'm not advocating uh, for the best interest of the city and, and my community. So those are, I think, are points that we just need to clarify. Just because we're saying no, we need to say no, why? Not just no, just for the sake of saying no. And, and I think are you that's what she's saying. And, and I think that, you know, to Alderman Irvin's point, if she had said, you know, part of, we're gonna amend prerogatives so that if you say no, say no and why? But that's not what the option she gave us. She just said, you can say no, but we're not necessarily going to listen. And I think that to your other point about the thunderous applause from the crowd, that perception of corruption is real in the city of Chicago. Headline after headline after headline has ingrained it in our people's minds that we are corrupt in what we do. So there was a good reason that it was a 40-second standing ovation for her when she said that. Uh, my fear is that now this perception of uh, transparency, this perception of fighting corruption, isn't actually going to get at the heart of where the problem lies. I've said it before, outside employment. I've said it where, you know, make zero dollars the amount that you could take from people trying to do business before and after they introduce legislation. And we've seen in the, uh, uh, the from the ethics, now they're even saying we're going to put caps on union contributions and do could all this other stuff. Would you go for that? You know what? I think that if you were to do caps, it makes sense that they that unions be treated the same way as businesses, as person, as persons within the community, because everyone fifteen hundred dollar limit for unions. I don't How agree with the issue as it relates to unions because unions represent a large group of people that are essentially working to pool their resources together to have their voice heard. There's a difference between a single entity uh, showering. Uh, contributions on an individual versus a group of people who are trying to put their pennies together to collectively bring their voices together. So, from that aspect, I I, I think that that made me need that needs to be looked at. But I, I can't understand that if someone is specifically coming in seeking uh, council action that that needs that some limits need to be set to that for a specific time period. I don't I don't have a problem with that. What, what did you make of Burke getting up and raising a point about the rules and the wording of the rules and the gender neutrality? Wasn't that pathetic? I mean, weren't you surprised that he did that one day before he gets hit with, with this I don't know what his charges? state of mind was when, when he did that. Um, I, I, I th would think that um, there are bigger issues to deal with the rules. I, I had one question, and I, and I talked to Jeff Levine about it. You know, the object is to, you know, we, we're not here to fight. We are here to work together to benefit the citizens of the city of Chicago. Uh, I don't want to be a participant in back and forth in, in, in showmanship per se, but at the end of the day, we want to advocate for the interest of the people that elected us. Ray, do you think it was a setup to make Lori Lightfoot look good? Because other than that, it made no sense to me. You know, I have no idea what the end game of Alderman Burke's remarks were. Um, and a number of my colleagues even said, was this like a softball pitch to her to, you know, 
put him in his place early and just get it out of the way for her. Um, to help I, her. To, to help inadvertently her. help her. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not of the mind, I'm not of the mindset that Ed Burke took one for the team to help Lori Lightfoot, um, but it definitely worked in her advantage more than it did his. Um, I wish... And uh, she gloated about it afterwards. Oh, she went on a, uh, a victory lap afterwards. Yeah, what did you um, make of that? And it kind of diminished what I was trying, the point I was trying to make, because apparently she felt that this was some sort of coordinated attack, but like Alderman Irvin said, I don't think any of us knew what he was, that he was going to do it, let alone what his end game was. Um, but you, hopefully, you know, she'll be more responsive to members in the future. Well, you've been accused of being his water boy, carrying his water, she said. And that you haven't been you haven't been collaborative. You haven't reached out to her. And if you have an issue about her leadership team or whatever, you know where to find her. At the bike rack outside in the parking lot, apparently. What do you Look, mean by that? Well, like a bully would tell you, if you want a piece of me, you know where to find me. You know that's not the mentality, and that's not the kind of tone you need to set with members. And as far as the carrying the water for Ed Burke. I said it last night, that is categorically untrue. My concerns are my own. My concerns for everything she's done since she's been elected have been voiced to her team when she invited us for briefings. I've made my concerns known directly to her as they relate to my community. I wasn't concerned about what the impact in the 14th Ward was going to be. I was concerned about the impact in the 15th Ward. What is and wrong with the tone she set with the council? You cannot look at a group of individuals who you are charged to work with and point the finger at them and try to make them all feel belittled and small in comparison to her position as mayor. She, yes, she was elected by all 50 wards. She speaks of her mandate every chance she gets, but what she forgets is that there are 50 individuals as well that won in those same wards she did that were elected to be the representatives of those wards to have their voices heard at city council and to have their issues brought to city government and if every time someone speaks up, every time someone objects, she's going to either roll out the Burke boogeyman or she's going to belittle you and say you have ulterior motives or you're corrupt or you're part of the institutional problem, that's not going to bode well for trying to get to the bigger picture items like addressing the billion dollar tax shortfall. Jason, what do you think? Did she set a bad tone with her, the personal way that she started I, th I think that she was trying to... Uh set herself in a position where she wants to uh, basically say that, you know, I'm the mayor and I'm again, boss. and uh, we are a co-equal branch of government and, and we all need to be focusing on working together. As Alderman Lopez says, we're, we're looking at almost a billion dollar deficit headed this year. We're also looking at uh, violence that is still sprawling. We're also looking at uh, systematic disinvestment in communities on the south and west sides of Chicago. And, and those are the issues that, that I'm interested in, in tackling uh, as an alderman. And I think that members of the Black Caucus and, and members of the city council as a whole are interested in tackling those issues. And I think that, you know, this is the first meeting, first, first time, and uh, we will see how this relationship goes moving forward. What do you I think, think it's going to go? How is it going to go? I, th I, think that, I think that we will, well, I can tell you this. Uh, I believe that we will have to work collaboratively in order to fix these challenges for the city. Uh, I do not believe that we can be on two separate islands and still effectively work for the benefit of our citizens. So I think that the council and the mayor need to find common ground, figuring out what we need to do to help move this city forward. All right, so a billion dollar deficit probably, because we, we still don't really know how big it is. What are your ideas for that? Well, a couple of things we need to do. Number one, we, uh, we need to be focusing on what the state of Illinois 
as far as Springfield can do as far as bringing additional revenue to the city. Okay, we also need that, to look at we also need hands. to look at some cuts that probably need to be made and questions that we need to really ask our residents because uh, we have a a level of service. If you go to major municipalities across uh, the country, we have a level of service that is far that far exceeds what other municipalities have, and we just need to ask some. Some okay. tough questions. What, for example, garbage for example, collection. Garbage too, collection. Too, lights. I mean, we okay, have. Okay, garbage collection too frequent, maybe. I would say no. From where I stand, I need garbage collection more frequently. However, again, there are ways to deal with that. Do you have more containers? Do you have uh, centralized locations? There, there are a lot of different ways to look what at. What are you suggesting that could be cost cutting? Big time cost cutting. Big time cost cutting. Two things I think that that we should be able to we should be able to look at. Number one is where where are like vacancies in our in our budgets? Uh, we have a lot of police officers. The question is, are they in the right places? Uh, we have to look at. It's not cost cutting. It is cost cutting because we have we have a number of vacancies in the police department that have not been filled uh, over time. I know we wanted to ramp up the number of officers that were needed. Again, I think that we need to look at where these officers are versus where the crime is and where things are going on. Also, we also may need to, to look at, and the, and the Mayor Emanuel did this as far as the healthcare costs, costs are concerned. And the biggest issue that we have to deal with are the pensions. If you take the pensions off the table, the deficits uh, somewhere. Where is the revenue going to come in. from? What do you, where you, do you want her to turn from? You know, I think after my first four years of being in this government, you know, unions, almost everyone would say there's, there's very little room left to cut, you know. We have billion dollars that were short, and in her inaugural speech, she said that I will not balance the city government on the backs of the poor and the working class, which is a clear signal that if you are above that, get ready to pay. You know, we can look at garbage, we can look at every nickel and diming residents, left, right, and center, but at the end of the day, because of 20 years of not raising taxes, Mayor Emanuel raised ta property taxes by two and a half billion dollars, which I supported because we had and to he's get. And ha she'll have to do it again. She will she? have to do it in double. And I She's going to have to double what? What Basically, she will need a, a property tax increase that's almost double to what the mayor did. Because when we first started talking about this, to be truly where the mayor wants us to be, which is not living on bonds, living within our means, and paying for all the services that the citizens have come to expect, while meeting our pension obligations, you quite literally would need to double the property tax levy at this point. You think that she will increase. need, she will need, because he raised property taxes something like $1.2 billion. You think she's got, she's going to have to turn again to the property tax and probably over four years double it again? At least. Do you agree with that? I think there will be some revenue pain. Uh, I don't know what that exact number is going to look like. But, but it's going to be property taxes. That's the only real big time money reliable and, source, And the question right? will be, are you going to do it solely on the house, on the houses that are worth $250,000 like we did three and a half years ago, or are you going to broaden the pain to, how, to, how, to homes worth $100,000, $75,000? Are you going to make it run the full gamut of, the, of Chicago's home market? And I don't think we have the stomach for that. She said she's not going to do that in those neighborhoods. And if you keep putting the pressure on other neighborhoods, they will find excuses to leave, and we can't afford that in the city right now. You can raise property taxes just on the high-end homes? Well, no, I think no. part of that it, it didn't go through was the expansion of the homeowner's exemption was supposed to double. Uh, 
at that same time. However, that did not that measure didn't make it through Springfield. Now, if you couple a homeowner's exemption expansion with an increase in uh, property taxes, the impact of that will be felt upon, on the properties that have higher values in the commercial uh, commercial properties and the uh, lower middle class uh, homeowners uh, would not feel the increase as much as others others would. So when you look at it from that perspective, if an expanded homeowner's exemption is implemented as well as a, as a property tax increase, that will not land squarely on the backs of uh, most of our working class families. Jason, but you're the chairman of the Black Caucus and you're gonna have a big issue trying to hold on to black wards because we've had a black exodus in Chicago. How are you going to do this? How much, how many wards will you lose in the reapportionment? Uh, our goal is to preserve all of the wards that we have today. Uh, that is our goal. We will continue to strive for that. We will make sure that uh, last time around there were people that we know that were undercounted. So we, it's part of our responsibility to make sure that everyone is counted, that we, that we count all the individuals in our communities to make sure that we have the adequate representation that's needed. And at the same time, uh, those wards are, are they're protected under the Voting Rights Act. So if there is a way for us to draw these wards, we will figure it out and get it done. And our goal, again, is to preserve all the wars that we How have. How do you do that with the exodus we've seen? Hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, we're not the only people that are leaving Chicago. There are other people that are leaving Chicago, well, leaving the state in, in its entirety. So um, I think after the count is done, we'll have to make that evaluation. But uh, at this point, uh, I'm, I'm not prepared and, and will and will not concede any wards uh, to, to any other community uh, because we, I do believe that we will have the population to make our wards uh, whole and, and meet the Voting Rights Act. Ray, what do you think? Are you worried about your ward and, and maybe you getting a reapportionment out of a seat? Well, I think if, I get, if, I, if my ward gets re redrawn, it won't be because of the ethnic, <laughs> ethnic, ethnic issues. Because, you know, my ward, you know, my voters are 50% African-American and they supported me 80% in the last election. I know that I appeal to all demographics regardless of their color. Um, but what I think our goal, our collective goal, as Alderman Urban said, is to make sure that everybody gets, gets every single body gets counted in the city of Chicago. And it's just as true trying to track down everyone on the south and west sides as it is trying to track down everybody in Little Village and 26th Street to make sure that they come out and be counted as well. Because that seems to be our biggest stumbling block. We're fighting over losses when we really have the people they just don't fill out the surveys. And that has to be the collective right. goal of both caucuses. And in, truly, every single alderman that's out there to make sure that all of Chicago's counted because when we go looking for federal dollars and state dollars and they say you don't have the population, you know, we might lose another congressional seat if our numbers aren't up. You know, we can't afford that, especially at a time when you've got a, a shrinking federal government that doesn't want to do its job and f fulfill its mandates in the city of Chicago. Before we go, are you going to reach out to Lori Lightfoot and try to be the big one? You know what, I will bring her a cake to her office and wait for her so we could sit down and... Are you seriously doing that? Uh, you know what, I Will you know. bake it? <laughs> you better Twinkies buy one. might I was do. Say, have you ever one. had my cakes? No. Twinkies <laughs> might do. I'll have my, I'll have my husband thank make it. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. Very well, thank you. And we'll see you all next week.